0: Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently.
1: They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo.
2: Welcome, everybody. We're episode five of the Your Creativity Podcast. It's a podcast featuring... Interview questions with designers, comedians, filmmakers, and others, exploring their creativity, their struggles, and what ultimately drives them. Now, last week was Steve's first episode. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, good. Good. Did you have a good time last week? Yeah, it was great. I, I heard you have a question for me.
3: No, well, I just asked if all of our guests were going to be Mormon-themed, like I don't know, webcast or movie people. Just Just for just a question, just for the five to six weeks, okay. Because, like, I really have to tame my tongue and it's really hard, like, way hard sometimes. So, for that audience, just bear with me. I mean, Jesus forgives, so I mean, just yeah, bear with me, okay. Sasha can, like, you know, blur me out if he needs to, he will have to beat me
2: a few times, okay. So, once we get through those five to six weeks, you can. But loose.
3: No, I'm going to do it now, too. I, okay. mean, just, it's, it's,
2: I can't like, really
3: control this stuff. So that's like pretty much it.
2: Okay. This week, we've got another new co-host. We're going to be adding new co-hosts every week, too.
1: Howdy, Dylan. <laughs> Howdy. No, I'm just kidding. Am I? I'm from the South.
2: Hi.
1: <laughs> just kidding. It's Andrea. What's up, guys?
2: We had her back on episode two. You did
1: you just can't get rid of me? No, I came back. I was a guest, and then I was like, "Well, screw that! I'm coming back as a host, taking over."
2: And then you invited me to be an extra on your I your did. show.
1: Man, we keep it in the family. Yep, it's nice and incestual. That
2: is so TMI. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, like yeah, I mean that's like. But
1: Steve's worried that it's him that's going to do all the problem, but yet he doesn't realize it is me.
3: <laughs> and I'm sitting there. Okay, yeah, people that are listening, we're in a studio. I am stuck right by her and it's like crazy because I can't get out. So yeah,
1: there's no going. I've got him in the corner and that's where he's going to stay. I might be
3: texting people help. Let me <laughs> out of the room.
1: Dylan's over here giggling.
3: So if you guys get that message, it's going to be 2 days later. I might need food also.
2: So
1: might, but um we've got Dr. Pepper for him and all as well.
2: Dr. Pepper water. Right? Yep. <laughs> Um, liquid um, dinner and whatever other snacks we can find here (laughs) yeah we'll we'll raid the fridge
1: i'm hoarding all the beer and whiskey steve just has dr pepper (laughs) and water (laughs) and water well you better drink up because you're gonna need to use that bottle for you know
2: (laughs) my
1: (laughs) my goal is to make steve blush we've just met by the way for you listeners out there um Steve and I are playing around with Dylan, and Steve and I met about what ten minutes ago. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, good. And my goal is to get his cheeks as rosy as possible. Long ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dylan,
2: back on track. (laughs) Back on track. We've also got guests. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Guests. And and this kind of caught me off guard when I got a message from you guys. You know. Because I just barely started. Usually you have some type of following before people ask to be on.
4: We
1: should tell them who the guests are. The listeners still are just curious about who these (laughs) guests are. groupies.
2: Well, I'm I'm building...
1: (laughs) These ambiguous no-name people.
2: They are Davey and Bianca. They are filmmakers, and they also have got a web series. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah, doing well. Good to hear. Um tell- they
1: are not just Dave and Bianca, they are a power couple.
2: Power couple.
3: Because
1: what? they're married. They're
2: married.
3: Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're, <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to discuss all that like during this.
4: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're the Morrison Dillards and we're married. Woohoo.
2: <laughs> now I'm curious about the, the double last name. How, where, explain that a little Who's bit. Who's really a uh, Morrison? To-
4: uh, DB's maiden name is Morrison, and yeah. my maiden name is Dillard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, there you go.
0: Yeah. When I was a kid, I always was jealous that, uh, girls got to grow up and get a different last name. And when me and Bianca first started dating, <laughs> Bianca was like, I want to keep my last name when I get married. And so, or, or I want to combine last names when I get What were you like?
4: I was like, you take my name. And then I was like, "Well, let's combine names. That's a good. That's a good like middle ground. Like I, I think like we wanted to, um, like we liked the idea of uh, having like a unified last name, right? As opposed to uh, me hyphenating or like me keeping my last name. Like we liked that sort of like idea of unity. Uh, but we also wanted to like honor both both families. Um, my last name is a is my mom's maiden name as well. So we kind of wanted to like." pass on, like, you know, the matriarchy and the patriarchy. So, so when go.
1: you guys are putting your name together, I mean, both of you guys are filmmakers and writers and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So you are like, Morrison Dillard, Dillard Morrison. Like, try to rhythmically figure out what was going to be the name.
4: Yeah, we just didn't like the way Dillard Morrison sounded. We thought it was stupid, so that's, <laughs> that's the only reason. There's no, like, there's no, like, hierarchy. We just thought it sounded better. Yeah, That sounds good. I
1: like it. Is it very,
3: very cool. I kind of like them both.
4: Kind of. Do you have a preference? Is there like a
1: fifty? Nope, I mean, they're they're but both good. Steve's yeah. leaning towards Dillard. You guys just don't know that it's like seventy percent. He's like Dillard's way cooler. <laughs> Morrison eh. getting him in trouble.
3: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I have a funny story about that. Like my my name, my legal name is Andrea Danae Peterson. My maiden name was Kyle. Um, but um, one of my first just freak random independent film, like not even independent. It was like a forty eight hour film festival. Someone saw on Facebook that my name was Andrea Kyle Peterson. And it literally was just that because nobody could find me after high school. So I put my maiden name on there so they could look me up. But because that one 48-hour random film festival, I got an IMDb credit as Andrea Kyle Peterson. And then people just started tagging that. And so actually, my um, professional independent film name is Andrea Kyle Peterson just because of that.
4: Yeah, it's it's a pain, man. IMDb trying to, like, change things stuff, like, from... Before we changed our names, like it's just it's a pain. Yeah, That's and I, I re- feel you.
1: Yeah, because I remember thinking when I changed my name when I got married, it was like no big deal, but it was just like, yeah, cool, Andrea Peterson, fun. But then it was like, I'm not famous then, or not that I'm famous now. am <laughs> <laughs> not saying that at all, but people don't know me. Right. My name's not like determined. Now that people do know me as Andrea Kyle Peterson, I'm kind of like, crap, I can't go back.
3: <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm just listening. <laughs>
1: I mean pretty Me much I'm
2: just listening.
1: <laughs> well we should jump in and talk yeah, to them.
2: let's jump jump into the questions. Jump in, Dylan. We've we've already kind of started on this a little bit. They're a power married couple. But uh describe what you do.
4: In what capacity, like on this film, or just like, generally? you know how you, you guys how you're are married?
3: Very specific, aren't you? I mean, you're very deliberate and very specific. So I am like one that's just woo. I mean, if I get there, I eventually get there. But it's like, yeah. I mean, do you have personal goals? What do you do personally, or what do you do professionally? Or I don't know, when you're at home, what do you do? Are you bored? What TV do you watch? Do you watch TV? <laughs> do you read? What kind of books do you read? Or what about um, games? Do you play games? <laughs> are you guys into the Pokemon Go?
4: Yes. yes. Yay, me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys
3: got excited about
4: that. <laughs> I was led to believe there would be eight questions only. So <laughs> and I'm prepared to answer eight questions. <laughs> yeah. that, like, What are we up to? Were, it's, like,
1: <laughs> it's like 20 you questions. You so wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you I'm have three questions you. left.
4: Yeah, but Pokemon Go is so exciting, right? Do you guys play? Oh, I totally. What team it. are you? I'm um, Instinct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. good. Yeah. You know,
1: it was one of those things that we got up there, and it was like, okay, red, blue, or yellow. I was like, well, everybody's red or blue, so I'm totally going yellow. Yeah. That's how I decided. What about you guys?
4: It's like the better logo, and I feel like <laughs> the, also the better like um, like ethos. You know, like yeah. that, like trust in your like innate power totally. as opposed to like you know. Yeah. We,
1: yeah. And while liked, red and we blue are mix. fighting, yeah. we're, we're over here actually playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Giggling and laughing. <laughs> so, what, like, okay, as being like a couple, then let's um, talk about that. Like, you guys, I mean, a lot of people say opposites attract, or, you know, you're in a relationship where um, the husband and wife do like completely different things or don't work together. You guys are in, a, I know you guys have different strengths and stuff, but you guys are in a similar field. So just, you know, maybe talk about what draw you guys drew. You guys draw. I can speak English words. fell me. Um, what drew you guys together and you know, like what is the chemistry between you Wait, two?
3: I don't even know what the hell they do yet. So like I mean Oh, like, they're
1: so filmmakers, like... Steve. <laughs> Catch up, we did say that. Well, I mean we, I got we the play IB
3: Pokemon whatever. Go. <laughs> yeah, they play Pokemon Go. And they like have the
0: same <laughs> last what, name. What like... Yeah. All right, how do the
1: Would you like to do the official introduction of them? Did we just jump in right to their names, Dylan?
0: All right, Davy and Bianca. The well, question. We, can,
4: we can introduce ourselves. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Let yeah. them introduce yeah. themselves. I was, just, I, w- I was just being difficult. <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah, a difficult
0: show. <laughs> so we uh, we both do a lot of the same things. We uh, I'm an yourself. I'm an actor and a writer and a director of things. Um, I work primarily as an actor. And then uh, we write and direct our own projects together a lot of the time in uh, film and in theater as well. So, so that's, that's what I do.
4: Uh, yeah, so I am also an actor um, and a producer and a dramaturg and I direct mm-hmm. things. Um, yeah, that, those, are, those are the things that I do. I work in film and theater both. Um, it's great. So how did you guys meet and like, what are you guys together? Wait, how did we meet? What was the second part?
1: And then what drew you guys together? Oh.
3: I mean, it was instant. They fell in love immediately. The first moment they met, it was at a gas station.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we both went to school together. We both went to BYU together. I was studying film and Bianca was studying theater. Um, and so we knew of each other uh, for probably about a year or so before we ever actually had a conversation together. Um, We'd seen each other in projects and things like that. Uh,
4: And then my friend, uh, so yeah, we'd we'd both seen each other act and like do do other projects. Uh, So I have a friend who loves artsy movies and his wife doesn't really like to go see artsy films with him. So he called me up on the phone and was like, hey, come to this like crazy art house film about Bob Dylan where it's played by like four different people. Uh, and he's like, it's the last night. So you have to come with me tonight. And he's like, um, and uh, like bring your roommate or something. So it's like, not weird. Uh, so me and my friend, like he's a male friend, right. With, uh, my roommate, we all like show up to the movies together and Davey is there at the movie theater. And that's the first time that we actually spoke. And he was friends with uh, my other friend. Um, and it actually turned out to be, like, a little bit more weird because Davey was, like, trying to figure out, like, this person is not David's wife. This person is not David's, like, what's ha- Like what's happening? So Anyway, that's kind of a funny. That's always
1: fun. You're cute, like, hmm, we're a bunch of friends hanging out and this yeah, is yeah. friend it's, weird. Yeah, it's okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to avoid awkwardness as much as what possible. What was the movie?
3: It was the Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. called
1: I'm
4: Not There. Okay. He How long a that?
2: bunch of There's oh.
0: Uh, I think that was 2008, maybe. Yeah, 2008 would have been. Yep, that's when I was.
1: There you go, (laughs) 2008.
0: Yeah, so, and then we uh, started dating a few weeks later. We went went out on a date shortly thereafter, started dating a month or two later, a couple months later. Uh, and also started working on projects together.
1: What you guys don't see out there as listeners is Bianca (laughs) analyzing Davey's answers. The
2: the timelines appear to be off. It's
4: a little great, Bianca, what is your side?
1: Marriage counseling in the studio. Uh,
4: Yeah, I guess my side is, like, I don't know exactly when we started officially dating. It
0: was when I was out of town. Was Which it? This like July. Okay. okay,
3: just no offense. How do you officially date when one of you is <laughs> I out of was town?
4: Ask because I that just
3: doesn't I mean, is that how the relationship works? Are you guys always in separate areas? <laughs> like so you started dating when you were out of town. Davy is nodding yes.
4: Uh maybe so. I don't remember. It's gray on
3: both sides.
4: <laughs> okay, uh, the good is news like is the now shadiest, they're married. Like, <laughs>
1: They're married Thank and you. they work together. Yeah, we work together. Uh, Did like, you I text was gonna back,
4: tell... back and forth? I'm, Cricket's I'm not chirping. Sure. I, sorry, like, I was just gonna... I'm not sure. Probably. Did we text? <laughs> Did we have text messaging then? I <laughs>
0: think, no, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was when we, like, when you officialized it. Yes. Was. Because...
4: Because Davey was trying to date me for my, like. Like, if you notice, he said, like, weeks, and then he changed his story to months Aww. because he was trying to date me, and it just took a while for me to, like, warm up to the idea of like, <laughs> dating him. And then, yeah.
3: He's charming.
4: He is charming. You better be
1: careful. Steve's not I mean you Davey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are working on a project. That's why you guys are here.
0: Yes. Yeah, we are.
1: What What are you guys working on?
0: Uh, so we are working on... A web series called Adam and Eve that we uh, produce and direct together. Uh, I wrote the script and Bianca uh, helped develop the script Um, and we yeah we've been shooting we have uh, four episodes up online right now and we've been working on some more uh, what what else should we say?
1: It's about two zebra oh. heroes in Madagascar, right? Who like, <laughs> learn how to make fire. Good.
4: Correct, <laughs> correct. Just, just kidding. What uh, is it about? So it's about... Um, we often describe it as a, a Woody Allen-style romantic comedy about Adam and Eve. Um, Davy also acts in it, so that's fun. Um, it's, he it's plays prince, Eve, right? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Uh, we... Yeah, so it is. I, I don't remember. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. She was like, "Wait,
1: Davey playing Eve?"
0: <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. No, no. We, we'll get to that later.
4: Yeah, we're we're into gender bending. but yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> playing, we both act. We've both played. Uh, we work in a a Shakespeare company. Uh, it's an original practice Shakespeare company and one of the things that Shakespeare did was uh, that the men played all the roles and so as a nod to that uh, we do a lot of all male shows we've done some all female shows and we do um, to a certain extent like gender-blind casting so I've played a lot of men Davey has played a lot of women it's great wait cool so I like I was
1: curious not to hijack this conversation but like you guys are doing a web series Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen the first episode and it's killer it's like so good like it's written really well it's acted really well it looks beautiful oh, obviously you. produced amazing it's phenomenal like I'm actually jealous because you know I have my own web series I'm jealous of like the production quality that you guys did Um, I I want to know more so like where are you guys taking the story like I I feel I'm not like trying to like dumb down but it's yeah, it's yeah. Adam and Eve and two characters and where do you go with that
4: yeah totally yeah
0: yeah, yeah uh You'll find out.
4: But yeah, (laughs) come on, give me a little
0: (laughs) bit. um, So the the premise, like Bianca said, is it's essentially a romantic comedy about Adam and Eve, and uh, the first uh, sort of little mini season that we have up online right now sort of tells one story about them picking up like immediately after getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and uh, and now they have to figure out how they. Interact with each other when they're the only people in the world, and um, and that story sort of uh, has its own little ending, and then uh, and then the next stuff is going to pick up with and and that story is very much about it, it was written when Bianca and I were first uh, dating, and it's very much about you know sort of courtship and dating and things like that. Um, all the subsequent episodes were written after we got married and they've uh, very much sort of pick up with uh, now that they have come together uh, what are sort of the conflicts and difficulties that come in a relationship that are sort of exacerbated by the fact that they are the only people in the world they don't have anywhere else to go or anyone else to turn to Um, so that's uh, still a very vague answer, I guess, but maybe gives you an idea. <laughs>
3: okay, I, I like I want to touch kind of, you guys are both really good at relationships and trying to figure out that, and you're, you're talking about how you guys met and the, the introductions, the shyness, going through all the emotions. What advice would you give people that are actually out there dating right now? Through the dating, like the courtship, like the pros and cons, the struggles that you guys had, um, and maybe all the highlights, But then taking that from the first of the the relationship through marriage. Like, do you have any advice for people that are married now? Like, what makes you successful and what has helped you?
4: Uh, I try to avoid giving advice, actually, because I just feel like everybody's relationship and everyone's temperament is so, so different. So, like, the things that will work for us, I feel like, like, I used to be a big, like, advice person. Uh, If you don't want to give advice,
0: what works for you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you just you just deferred to. <sighs>
0: um, I, I mean, I feel like one thing that works for us is that we work together, and that is a big part of our relationship. Is that we have that we uh, are both into creating stuff and creating stuff together, um, and that uh, is is an important way of communicating. I think that uh, is working on projects together. And also, you know, watching things together and reading things and talking about things and stuff like that. I, I think that's a big part of our relationship is just our our shared interests. Did, did you have something you wanted to say?
4: Yeah, and I would say like uh that we were both like like to keep ourselves busy, and so we might not uh ever see each other if we weren't working on projects together. So I feel like it's a way that we can um yeah like like keep in touch and and uh yeah, it, it's like I, I feel like it's often like um, quite challenging to work together. You know, I feel like it's it's either like just going smooth and just fine or it's like, oh, man, this feels like the end of the world. So I feel like other like collaborative relationships like don't feel as high stakes um, as as a marital relationship because it feels like whenever there's like a, a creative disagreements, it it like brings up all the all the rest of the disagreements about our Uh, like, in our normal life. So, I mean, that's... I feel like that's a reality that, like, some people sort of can't handle. Um, So, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like... uh, Going back to the earlier question, too, I think... uh, I I don't know that this is general relationship uh, advice, (laughs) but I think something that is... What would Adam and Eve do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually what I'm getting at, is something that's central to... The this web series, especially as it goes on, um, that uh, that I feel like comes out of being married for several years now, is that it becomes very much a story about uh, commitment and about the value of uh, commitment and finding value and meaning and creating value and meaning in a relationship essentially by deciding to show up. Um, that's part of Eve's big... Uh, as sort of the central conflict of the story is that Adam is the only guy in the world and Eve isn't necessarily all that into him initially. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Wait, so... that was
3: my relationships. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, all of my relationships have probably been that. <laughs> Maybe there's still an Eve out there. So yeah. I'm
1: curious about that. I, I mean... Most people know the Adam and Eve story, um, whether they're believers or not. Um, and you know, you know, it's basic. You know, it's, two, it's a man and woman created in God's image, and then they have kids, and it's it's really basic. And then there's so much that we don't know in poetic license. You're, um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about like how you guys decided to tell the story and what you guys thought was important to bring in.
4: Yeah, I think the story is just like. Um, is, is rich for uh, the opportunity to, like, riff on some of the, like, very basic um, ideas and myths that we sort of all have in common. And so, um, you know, in a Mormon uh, frame of reference, you know, likening the scriptures unto ourselves is something that we're taught from a pretty young age. And so, um, you know, some people uh, that feels like, you know like making a church movie for us it felt like making a romantic comedy um uh yeah
0: yeah yeah uh i feel like the like you say the adam and eve story is it's because it's really well known that it it seemed like an interesting uh way of getting at these questions cuz it's we're i mean we're not obviously if you watch the show uh in any way trying to create like a biblical epic like that's clearly not the tone or the aesthetic or anything that we're going for um we're using this sort of ancient story to uh but from a money standpoint i mean the bible
3: sold millions of millions so yeah, like you might want to like listen to <laughs> that like this to ching is what, what i'm thinking the best so, seller. Like, from like some, some of that look in the yeah, uh, continue. <laughs> it would, it
2: would, yeah. Any
1: copyright issues? I mean, has God <laughs> right. stepped up and like this is not working? No, I'm just kidding. You've
2: got to cease and desist. You need yeah, to yeah, change yeah. character names.
1: It's pretty clearly in the public domain.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're not changing any names to protect the innocent. Yeah. Um, I, you know, what I have to say again, like, I love y'all's. I love just the first episode that I've seen. Um, Thanks. so the writing's incredible. Was was Bianca? Did you work on that too, or is that was just Davey because um, I want to give credit to both of you guys. If it was both writing paired,
4: yeah. So Davy mm. uh, is the writer, and I work as his dramaturg, which cool. is uh, sort of like a you know like an artistic consultant. So we talk about ideas, we work through them together, um, sort of bounce ideas off of each other. But Davy's the one who actually like sits down and and types uh, the words <laughs> to the page, and he and he was the one who um, sort of originated this idea um, from the very beginning. So.
1: I was definitely noticing, like, just um, and again, a lot of this is directing uh, it, but the writing and the directing, like, the speed of the language, I love it. It's, it's got a high rhythm to it. it. It, 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 makes me think of, you know, like Aaron Sorkin style, like quickness, and you know, um, you've got, I was thinking of West Wing, you know, Newsroom, Gilmore Girls, um, but you know, in Scandal, like those are just, it's so fast, just it's witty, it's clever. Um, and I love the energy of that. And this is not to, by any means, knock any other sort of religious or biblical film or thing out there. But they're a lot slower. They're a lot deeper. They're a lot. There's so much. They're
3: reverent.
1: Yeah, it's so posy. I love so much what you guys did with the speed and and um, the language of it. You know, talk about yeah. that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really great to hear because that's a big thing for me, is that rhythm of the language. And I feel like it, uh, for me, it comes from, like, old screwball comedies from, like, Mm. the 30s and 40s and that kind of, like, like His Girl Friday is sort of the classic, super taken to the extreme example where that movie must have had, like, a 250-page script for a 90-minute movie (laughs) because they talk so fast and they all interrupt each other. And that's not, I mean, we're we're not that crazy, but... uh, but, yeah, that that sort of speed and energy, um, and yeah, and it's it's for us, it was important because we're using this ancient story to talk about uh each other and ourselves and relationships today. um and so we wanted to be drawing on more contemporary or recent past kinds of of models, you know we we wanted this to feel. Like a romantic comedy, uh, with that sort of like rat-a-tat-tat rhythm in the in the dialogue, as opposed to uh, a Bible movie or something, because it's not really, it's not really that. I mean, it deals with questions about you know God and faith and things like that, and and finding your place in the world. Um, but essentially, it's a story about two people who are stuck together. I mean, that's kind of the meat. Cute is. They're the only two people, and uh, and now they have to figure out how to make it work. Um, so to yeah, to me first and foremost, it's it's a romantic comedy, and those were kind of the inspirations were like Ernst Lubitsch movies and Billy Wilder movies and Howard Hawks movies and things like that, um, and Woody Allen and and those kinds of people, um, as opposed to I mean they're you know some religious movies and bible movies that i like noah a couple years ago i thought was a really cool movie uh and it's a completely different approach to uh, a bible story than this is in pretty much every way uh and which is cool you know it's cool and and i feel like that's the value of uh of mythic sort of archetypal stories like that is uh there's so much in the adam and eve story it's you know there's a love story component to it, at least potentially there's a sort of coming of age element of leaving behind this place of sort of perfect innocence and being cared for. There's, you know, the ideas about sin and what does that mean? And dealing coming of age with sexuality and maturity of finding out how to just survive in the world. Uh, there's so much bound up in that really, you know, sort of tiny story uh, that is applicable across, you know, millennia and across time and space. And, uh, and it's, it can also be funny, it turns out, hopefully. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the relationships part is what I really liked. I've watched them all. And at, at times I would forget that it's an Adam and Eve story until, you know, you, each other's names are mentioned or the situation is mentioned directly. that's what really drew me into it you know when i got to the end of it i'm like where's the rest of them you know (laughs) i was left wanting more
1: i'd love for bianca to talk a little bit from producing standpoint like this is a hard question and it's meant just out of pure curiosity curiosity but where it's two people in the woods like yeah, um, no, I, I feel <laughs> where like are you going the, with it? <laughs>
4: yeah, I feel like that's the question that that we get all the time is like, oh, that's like that sounds pretty boring. <laughs> like how are you gonna pull off 25 minutes of that? And turns out we have um five five more uh, books or chapters that are about that length. Um and I think like Davey said, like there's a lot um to explore um, with relationships. I mean, I feel like uh you know, most of the the media and writing and songs, uh, deal with love. And I feel like, um, there's just a lot of fodder for that. I think it also talks about like our relationship with God and that like distance, you know, this is, um, uh, you know, sort of the first time that Adam and Eve are like out on their own. We talk. Um, we sort of joke about how, like, this is, like, two kids who sort of got kicked out of the house and they have to make it on their own for the first time. And, um, um, yeah, I think um, there there's also a lot that happens um, in that bridge from sort of courtship uh, into marriage.
0: Yeah, and there are also... Um, so- we also wanted to approach it as we sort of thought about this series, because originally it wasn't a series. As I as I mentioned, this first script was written um, a few years before the other scripts were written, um, and uh, it it originally started off as a ten minute play that we produced a few times, and then uh, a few years ago we we thought you know we want to do another film project together. And what's something that we could do that we could, you know, just get a few of our good friends together, go out to locations that are close by and that we don't have to, you know, pay a bunch of money to rent out or whatever. um, And just kind of shoot with what we have, the resources we have. Um, And so at that point, I adapted the play. I, I was like, well, let's see if we could adapt this thing onto the screen and see if it would work. Um, and I really liked how it worked as a screenplay and how it turned out as a film. Um, and after I wrote the screenplay adaptation, I thought, you know, I wonder, it feels like there's maybe more to this story. Um, and so so as we were approaching writing it as a series, though, we we thought about it almost more as a series of, like, you you go to an art show or something and you see a series of, paintings and they're all uh related but it's it's kind of a different thing than watching uh you know Seinfeld or something like that there there's enough similarity uh and enough in common and enough sort of progression to to a series like that um for it to feel like a series but they each kind of are their own individual separate paintings And that's kind of the approach that we took with writing the series is each one uh, they build and they build narratively and they continue to tell sort of one larger serialized story. Um, But each one has a very different sort of feel to it. And each one is a little bit of an experiment for us doing something uh, different stylistically and narratively with it. Uh, So they go they go in a lot of different directions, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I saw the progression too. At first they were so nervous to talk to each other and to say the right thing. And then, you know, but closer to the end, they were a lot more comfortable with each other. I love that progression. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
1: So I have a question. Um, You know, there's different, I'd love for you guys just to talk to viewers out there. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't realize what goes into independent film web series. Or just like the idea of YouTube, because I think even with web series, Davey and I met and talked about this one time. There's so many different styles. You have your talking heads who talk to their computer web series. You have um, random just uh, like funny or die sort of web series. The web series that I have, you again, is like five to ten minutes sort of narrative fiction. And then you guys have more of a 30 minute, you know, full episodic web series. Like, So talk to us a little bit like what goes into all the blood and sweat of making something like this yeah totally um,
4: so uh yeah ours is a little bit more like filmic um, in in nature we um we really appreciated so um do you guys watch louis louis uh, okay yeah. yeah so uh, that's another one where it's like it's it's the same character uh lots of different situations, but it's just like stylistically different sort of there. There are some segments that are like, you know, so, feel sort of more like skits. There are some segments that like take three or four episodes of a 30 minute, you know, TV show to tell. Um, and so that's something that we um, were just really heartened by the idea that we could um, uh, experiment in that way uh, and tie, tie something together Um, in that way. And yeah, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Like you think like, like we got, it was really important to us, this idea, like as filmmakers, you spend, uh, a, a huge disproportionate amount of your time, um, fundraising and asking people permission to like do something. Um, and so this was something that we, uh, just felt like a story that we really needed to tell. And so we wanted to do it in a way that we didn't sort of have to ask anybody's permission. So um, it has been funded out of pocket so far, just like what's in our savings account. Um, We've been really blessed to work on a a lot of really lovely projects where we were able to work with like, um, you know, talented crew and cast. And so um, we've been lucky that way to just work with... um, People that are that are just really good at what they do, and excited to work on a project um, that they're excited to work on. You know, that feels like a like a treat. Um, and then it's just a lot of like doing everything else yourself. You know, um, months and months of location scouting, um, just trying to get everybody's schedules together. I feel like those are those are two of the biggest things that took our time. Was trying to find locations that that met the needs. Um, of production and of, you know, everyone on this first project, we weren't able to pay anyone. Uh, they were just doing it out of love for us and love for the project. Um, and so we were working around people's school schedules and other work schedules, people's um, like childcare needs. And so, um, yeah, we we shot here and there just sort of half days um, when we could just get everyone together. Yeah, what would you say, Davey?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I think that until you, unless you work on a film project in some capacity, it's hard to understand exactly what that process is, because it's so specific and so detailed, and anytime you watch a movie, uh, the you know, anything you see on screen, nothing is there completely by accident, you know, everything is there. Uh, there, there are happy accidents that happen in production, but uh, everything is very carefully planned, and it has to be, or nothing can ever happen. Um, there's, there's a, there's a movie that I love that illustrates that's this behind the scenes uh, making of documentary of uh, Fanny and Alexander, this uh, Ingmar Bergman movie from like 1982, and. Uh, and it's a. there's this great scene. It's a, it's a really fantastic documentary, and it's just a series of little snippets of the things that do go into making a movie. And I think about this scene every time I go to make a movie. There's this scene in that movie where, and I actually thought about this while I was watching Fanny and Alexander for the first time because I think it was maybe shortly after we shot something. And there's this shot. It's just a wide shot. It's a period piece, and this, like, horse-drawn carriage pulls up, outside of a building, and, you know, the characters get out and walk inside, and that's the shot. Um, but in the shot at the beginning, before the carriage, like, turns the corner, there's this big lamppost, and there's a little black cat that runs out from behind the lamppost. And it's, you know, it's serves no story function at all. It's just sort of this little textural detail. And there's this great scene in the this making-of documentary where it's just take after take, Of the cat wrangler, like putting the cat behind the lamppost and then running as fast as he can out of this wide shot so that they can hopefully get this cool look of a cat running out from behind a lamppost (laughs) that's, you know, completely superfluous but does add something to the shot. And I feel like that, uh, to me, is just always a great demonstration of what filmmaking is, you know, like you see movies that are beautiful and they feel like beautiful works of art and they change your life uh but the actual making of those movies is so much just comically ridiculous grunt labor like that of putting a cat in a place and hoping he stays there like that's what making a movie feels like uh day in and day out and it's uh and you know you you shoot 12 hour days to get maybe three minutes of screen time if you're lucky and uh it's it's, uh, it's an intense process, but it's also a ton of fun. Yeah.
4: Yeah, uh, I, I, I would say, like, this isn't relationship advice, so I feel comfortable with it. Uh, but I would say, <laughs> I would say, like, absolutely, like, do something that you have control over. Like, Like, absolutely put in that work and see what about it you love and what about it you hate. And, you know, even if you don't ever do another project, like I would say, you know, if if someone wants to make a wants to make a film or has an idea, like absolutely, you know, put those puzzle pieces together and, and try to work it out. It might be the hardest thing you've ever done. But like
3: for all of us that love you guys, what can we do to help you? Where do you want us to go from here?
0: Yeah, we uh, we are raising money on patreon.com which is uh, a crowdfunding platform for uh, artists with ongoing projects or ongoing who are releasing things on an ongoing basis. Um so the way it works is it's essentially like Kickstarter. You get uh, but unlike Kickstarter, you are not billed anything until after the project is released. So it works you pledge per episode. So, you, you know, you can pledge a couple dollars per episode. And every time we release a new episode, you'll be billed a couple dollars. And we also, you know, you can get sort of behind the scenes, extra behind the scenes stuff and things like that. Um, so if you go to patreon.com slash Eve, that's, uh, that's where we're currently raising money and hoping to, to raise enough to keep telling the story.
1: And for all you guys out there, like, just just because it's called a web series it by no means like is anything they are not shooting on their iphones like this is cinematically beautiful footage the acting's incredible it's definitely um professional grade quality work out there so i know like some people like oh it's a web series i know what that means it's not it's not (laughs) it's not just a silly fuzzy streaming youtube video like this is quality work that um dave and bianca have put together i i can't praise it enough like the first time i saw it in a movie theater because they did a showing of it i don't know a couple months ago when you guys released the first episode and it's um that's the crazy thing that i just i can't reiterate enough to like listeners out there that like independent filmmakers just because it says indie or independent or web series doesn't mean you're getting less quality. In fact, you're probably getting just as much quality on less money and um, you're getting more passion and heart put into a project than something that's, you know, no offense to Michael Bay and Transformers, but they have the money, they have the studios, they have the names to um, do this. And, you know, Ava Duvet said this, I think she was being interviewed um, uh, right around the Selma release time stuff but she was like yeah as an independent filmmaker she's like you are trying to create work that is of the same quality on a paperclip, clip yeah. basically <laughs> um, and it's because as independent filmmakers we are we have to put ourselves at that level to even get noticed and seen but at less money and um, I can't say enough about Adam and Eve you guys really again it's it is, yes, it's the God story, Adam and Eve, but it's, it's like you guys said, it's about a relationship and I love how you guys creatively, uh, twisted that, not twisted. I don't know if that's not the right word. It's kind of comes with a negative connotation, but you guys just really used those two characters to create, like you said, you, I, it's a romantic comedy. Like it, it really is. It's, that's, it's not a conversion story. It's not anything like that. And you guys have just done an amazing job and just kudos, major
4: kudos to you guys. Yeah, thank you. That's really lovely to be back.
3: And Bianca, you did answer your question about relationships and what you guys (laughs) do to stay together. You kind of did it indirectly. And what I've observed and just listened is the whole thing's about commitment. And so even your series, the story of like Adam and Eve, the reason that two people that were like total duds are just thrown in together, you know, they have a commitment to a project that they love, which you guys surely do um, with the web series. And that's why you do it. And that's actually what comes through is that you love what you're doing. And I would say that transpires with your relationship. There's always ups and downs. And there's but it's the commitment and loving what you're doing that that's why I think you're still together. Does that <laughs> oh, work? Thanks.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's <laughs> great feedback. And I and I would also say like about independent filmmaking and web series, like I think it's an exciting time. Like, um, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's just like, there's a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of really quality stuff. Um, and you get to sort of like make your own rules. Like not only do you not have to ask permission, uh, but you get to make up, you know, your own rules. Like how long does it need to be? Well, it needs to be as long as this episode needs to be. You don't have to write in so many laughs per, per minute before a commercial, you know, like you have this opportunity to really, um, have more control, um, than you would, uh, in a lot of other mediums. And so like, that's why this felt like uh, a web series because this felt like it needed to be uh, its home. Not because, you know, not because of any other reason.
2: You guys have also worked together on an, another big project together. We talked about at the beginning, the the gender swapping and dressing up. <laughs> that's right. The, the grassroots Shakespearean festival. Yeah,
0: grassroots Shakespeare company. Shakespeare company. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, it was actually the summer we were engaged uh, that uh, some friends of ours started this theater company and invited us along for the ride. And uh, essentially, the uh, Bianca may have already talked about it. I can't remember what all we said about it earlier, but, um, but the idea behind it is we do uh, Shakespeare plays the way that we base how we do the Shakespeare plays on how theater was done when Shakespeare was around which is completely different from theater today you you know when you go to a play today it's uh generally a very you know like a bible movie it's a very reverent event you sit down and you know put your program under your seat so the doesn't the pages don't rustle and the lights dim and uh you very politely know when to clap and when not to make noise um and you don't charge your phone on an onset outlet. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And Shakespeare's theater, uh, was very different. It was a very rowdy. It was much more like a carnival or like a, a sporting event or something like that. Um, it was, you know, it was the entertainment of the day and there were sporting components to it. They would do, uh, they'd have, uh, things like bear baitings, these essentially dog fights where they'd, have a dog and a bear fight each other on stage before the show and things like that like it's it was just a wild crazy environment and the patrons in the crowd were shouting at the actors on stage um and uh and so we we perform with a similar process we have very little rehearsal time as they would have uh we don't have a director directors the idea had not been invented when Shakespeare was alive. Um, we have no designers, actors design all their own clothes. We perform on a bare stage, no scenery. Uh, and Shakespeare's plays, you know, you read the plays, you see the plays, and he paints the picture for you. You know, the beginning of Henry the Fifth. he says, you know, imagine, tells you all the things you should imagine because they don't have the ability to build this, you know, building beautiful, intense, intricate scenery was not a part of the, the thing at the time. Um, so it's a really fun, uh, vibrant, rowdy uh, atmosphere. We encourage our audiences, like Elizabethan audiences, to talk back to us, to, you know, <laughs> answer questions when we ask them on stage. And it uh, it's a real blast. It creates a very different if if you've seen Shakespeare before and have not seen uh, a grassroots show, show or another or a show by another original practice sort of style theater troupe, um, it's just a, a very different experience to experience Shakespeare.
4: Yeah, and it's great as an actor as well. Uh, the your main acting partner is the audience, and uh, there's just an honesty. And um, an in the momentness—that's not a real word—that <laughs> uh, that comes from a, an acting partner who hasn't been rehearsing with you, um, and it's just—it's just really lovely uh, as an artist as well, and like fun for the audience. You know, I I sort of get like bored sometimes at other like uh theater I mean I I I yeah I get spoiled I, I I watch a lot of theater and I don't get bored like it's it's uh something that I love but I do find myself when I'm not able to like really uh interact or relate with what's happening on stage like sometimes I do zone out a little bit and I think that um that ability to really participate uh is is great as an audience member as well
0: Yeah yeah in um they estimate that in in Shakespeare's theater, probably about 70, 80% of the lines were delivered directly out to the audience. And, and that was for logistical reasons, among others, because <laughs> you're performing outdoors for thousands of people at the Globe Theater. And, uh, how are they going to hear you if you, you know, turn up stage to talk to your scene partner? They're not. And so you'd have to cheat out to the audience and project out to the audience. Um, and also, the, the whole idea of the fourth wall that we think about in theater, you know, that the actors on stage are not aware of you as an audience, uh, that, that idea kind of didn't exist in the world yet because it was impossible at that time for anyone to uh, be in a public space watching someone without that person being aware of being watched. You know, we didn't have cameras. We didn't have, you know, one-way glass. We didn't have any of those technological developments that could introduce this idea of a fourth wall to us um, that sort of came in the 19th century. And so it was a very sort of communal, participatory... It almost feels like a like a revival church house or something, this call-and-response thing... Um, and it really changes the way the plays function, you know, if if Hamlet is out on stage saying to be or not to be and talking to himself for five minutes, that's a very different experience and dynamic to the scene than if Hamlet comes out on the stage and is looking you in the eye on the front row And addressing this question to you and welcoming your input, you know, like working through these ideas with you together um, gives him uh, somewhere to go with it, you know, helps him develop the ideas and and go somewhere with those soliloquies.
4: Yeah, it turns him from a crazy person who's just like thinking all these insular thoughts to like a person who like needs some advice. And I think that really changes the character and the way that we think about uh, Hamlet.
1: Um, I know we probably have to wrap up pretty quick. We're kind of, uh, 50, are we? We're we've, at 56. We've managed so. to get through our eight questions. Um, <laughs> if you can quickly, since you guys both do film and stage, um, talk a little bit about maybe some of the different experiences or expectations as an actor. Because um, I don't think a lot of people realize how it kind of is a little bit different. Um, like you said, fourth wall, there is something different when a camera is right up on your face versus an audience that's like 10 rows back.
0: Yeah, yeah. something that I often tell, because a lot of my um, theater friends who who do, who start going into film, uh, I think feel very intimidated, and I did as well, um, by, it feels like a very different thing, a very different uh, dynamic acting for a camera on a set with a handful of crew members and things like that, versus acting for, an audience that's immediately responding to what you're doing and you have to reach the back row that may be, you know, a hundred feet away or something like that. Um, But I feel like to me there are a couple of consistencies between theater acting and film acting, um, or I guess a couple of general principles that you want to keep in mind the style of both because there is a wide variety of... uh, of acting styles in both film and theater. You know, if you're doing, um, if, you know, if you're doing physical comedy, that's very different than if you're doing very serious naturalistic drama. Um, and that's true across the board. And there's also proximity. Like you're saying, uh, acting with a camera in your face, you're performing for that camera and whatever lens is on that camera, however close it is to your face. um, And that's your audience and the audience, that audience could be inches from your face versus, uh, you know, when you're on stage or if it's a different kind of shot in a movie, then the audience could be so far away that all they can see is what you're doing with your entire body. And I feel like if uh, I feel like those two principles um, to me are the biggest differences between theater acting and film acting is that you generally have a closer proximity in film acting and also the general style in film acting tends to be more naturalistic, um, though that's certainly not true of every project or of every uh, uh, kind of movie that you watch or want to be making, but um, but I think those are the two things I would say.
4: Yeah, thumbs up. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, last question, Dylan. It's all yours.
2: What is your favorite variety of apple? I thought this would be a fun question, <laughs> oh, considering yeah. the Adam
4: and Eve, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really <laughs> like Fuji apples. I just think they're, like, crisp and yummy-tasting.
0: i probably go Golden Delicious, although it's really a toss-up with Fuji apples as well, actually, but I'm going Golden Delicious. Uh, I like the, the Washi- Washington Greens, you know, the... Oh, yeah, that's a yeah, good one.
4: Kind of, I used to call them soda apples when I was little because they <laughs> kind of taste like almost like a like bubbly, like a soda.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I,
1: I don't like apples. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, You
1: I like but, oranges. Um, I do like oranges. There we go. Apples and oranges. <laughs> citrusy things. I don't know. Apples always seem too dry. And the funny thing is you, they're watery. But when I bite into them, I always get more thirsty. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah I don't like apples. <laughs> Steve,
3: hey, you just haven't had them. Good. So the best, chocolate dipped. So actually, you put them in dip them in caramel, Granny Smith apples, and then
0: dipped in chocolate. There you go.
1: Or I could just use my finger in the caramel and chocolate.
0: You ever, you ever <laughs> eat apple slices with cheese? That's a good combo. No, I you sh- you haven't. You should try it, Andrea. You okay. might, you might like it. I do I don't like know.
1: cheese. I do like cheese.
4: I also like apples with like a good nut butter. You know, Ooh. peanut butter or like a tahini. Yeah. yeah.
1: Again, that's what the
2: spoon's for. Yeah, Yeah, that's
4: reasonable, yeah.
2: Do you... you Use the
0: apple as the utensil. Yeah,
2: there
1: you yeah. go. Then the apple will never get eaten. I feel bad saying that. I feel like that makes that makes me inhuman. Everybody you're loves an apple. You're
0: like you're very anti apple. Yeah,
1: you don't but you don't have to you're
0: We're not like, apple growers. So we're not <laughs> get we're in. That, there goes the
3: advertising. We're no. not getting the apple market.
1: I like I feel um, terrible. It's just like it's one of the things or like tart stuff. People like tart stuff. Um I think it's just in my taste buds. Like yeah, I just totally. like sweet tarts or like anybody has like a dessert tart I just Apples and tarts. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> Reasonable. Thank you. Thank you, Bianca.
3: Next week. <laughs> Next week.
2: We'll, we'll actually, coming graphic. up this week, we've got a few things. Andrea has an episode five dropping. Ooh. Right? No. Five, no, six? I
1: don't. We have some information. I guess oh. I can say it. Uh, we need to take a... We're taking a pause okay. on delivering episodes. We need to raise a little extra money for um, okay. some post-production work. Uh, so we will actually be launching a Kickstarter. Um, another an additional Kickstarter and um, we just uh, we have a couple more episodes to do and um, we did our Indiegogo uh, back in April and we only were able to raise about half of our budget Um, and so um, so I don't drain my personal pocketbook too much we're gonna try to see if we can get you guys to help us all out out there audience listeners and viewers Um, so we are gonna take a about a month hiatus to okay. see if we can raise additional funds, uh, finishing costs, and then uh, we'll be able to bring you guys the rest of the episodes.
2: And eventually my episode will end.
1: Yes, eventually. Dylan played extra in um, episode 11.
2: With so, drunk in the background. You were drunk
1: in the background. <laughs> and I was drunk in the foreground. <laughs> Actually, speaking of drunk on apple juice, um, that was our shot. Yeah. our shot. <laughs> Oh my gosh! We oh, should have... right. not your favorite. No, no, it wasn't. Um, and that was for episode eleven. But when we actually we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a bonus episode for viewers out there um, after all the whole season goes through. Um, but you get to find out how Xander and Audra actually met, and oh, nice. uh, my character gets. Wasted at a bar on um, <laughs> shots of apple juice. Um, and during that entire shoot of the flashback episode, um, we did a behind-the-scenes video. Some of you guys might have seen it, but I think I went through um, 14 peeps, um, oh, yeah, that, like that one, okay. 10 different Kentucky Fried Chicken pieces and over 20 shots of apple juice. Um, and yeah, I went, I went method on that.
0: Yeah, I've been amazed at how much... I know it's a thing with that character in your show, and I love it that you eat in every episode, Uh, but, like, that's, man, that's commitment to your craft. I was in a, like, Doritos spec commercial one time, and after that day of shooting, I never wanted to eat another Dorito again as long as I lived.
1: Yeah, I eat a lot of Cheetos. Um, I still manage to like Cheetos. The only time that I ever was like, well, crap, I should have not done it that way is my character in episode two. Um, can't figure out the Keurig machine, and stabs the coffee, <laughs> pours it in hot water, stirs it with a Cheeto, and then later ends up dropping a lemon chunk in it. Ooh. And um, I didn't think, hey, maybe instead of coffee grounds, use Oreos, or um, right, right. <laughs> or don't actually drink it after you drop the lemon in it. But, I it. but the thing is, I put the entire lemon in my mouth, so it's already there. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it came to one of those things that I think my co-star, Zach Reynolds, Actually has a very, very weak stomach and gags very easily when I eat or drink (laughs) some of this stuff. So then it kind of came one of those things that was like, you know what, I'm going to do it just to torture him on set. So it was more torture for him than me, I
2: think. Poke the bear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so um, we we are going to have a Kickstarter. So guys,
2: uh, take a look for that. And we'll get links out. And then at Steve's uh, store on Friday... Oh yeah, Star well Trek. hatch family chocolates. Family we actually do our outdoor
3: movies. So we do avenues block parties. Um LDS Hospital's great to us, and they let us use their property. But on Friday, August 5th, we will be showing Star Wars, The Force Awakens. But prior to the movie, we have to wait until it gets dark enough for the movies. So around nine-ish, but we have a band playing and it's Goron Sturbeck. Um and we call him the Chocolatiers, but whatever band he brings, um, Emgrand, he's amazing. They play jazz music. Um, and then on the nineteenth of August, we will actually be showing Zootopia. So, okay. those are what's happening at Hatch Family Chocolates.
2: And Friday, I will be there in costume as Han Solo.
3: What?
2: Yeah. All right. Are you going to be we, we're, pre we're,
1: or post Kylo Ren? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. so, I'll work on special one. effects this week. We can we'll see. We'll see. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You guys, thanks so much for (laughs) coming. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks so
2: much for having us. Yeah, it was it was great hearing some back. You know, after seeing all the episodes, what what came to develop it all.
1: And and follow them on social media. They do some really cool stuff. They uh, their Tumblr feed, and um, they've got great behind the scenes stuff. And I love how you guys do kind of write ups on some different aspects of the production. So viewers, go check check out. Yeah, tell them your social media.
4: Yeah. Um you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and all the things, but um you, you can also s- sort of the central hub is our website. It's um adamandeveseries.com. And that's where you can find like our blog if you want to know more behind the scenes things, um, and more sort of like nerdy film how to <laughs> stuff. Um Davy's done a great job uh at writing writing a lot of that stuff up.
2: And yeah. I like how the posts are uh, numbered as chapters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. And so audience members out there, you can work with your spouse. It's, it's doable. They, they're, they're smiling and happy and, um, it's it's a good story. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you. Until next time, everybody.